Hi, I'm Fred Eichler, and welcome to the Everything Eichler, the first Everything Eichler podcast, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. So, since this is my first podcast, I'm going to start off by telling you why I'm doing it. And honestly, it's just another way for me to communicate and share my passion for all things outdoors. I've also received a lot of requests from people that are like, Fred, you need to do a podcast. You know, they send these messages on my social platforms, and so my hope is that if you're listening to this, that I can somehow share my passion for the outdoors. Uh, One of the things I really hope, too, is that somebody may click onto this and go, you know what, this sounds like a lot of fun. I need to go out and shoot a gun or shoot a bow or catch a fish. Or if you're already doing some of those things, we may introduce you to something totally new you haven't thought of trying, whether it's jumping on a kayak or, you know, shooting a frog. Go out and shoot a frog at night. I mean, there's so many ways to have fun in the outdoors. Um, I also hope that people pursue their passion. Um, I pursued my passion, uh, getting a job in the outdoor industry. And so part of the podcast in the future that we're going to do is I'm going to try and give people information on how to pursue their passion. How do you get a job in the outdoor industry? How do you get a job guiding, outfitting, or, you know, maybe talking to a manufacturer? So you're going to learn a lot, I hope, as we talk to different people. So first, I'm going to give you a quick background on me. Um, everything I've done has pretty much been in the outdoor industry. Uh, one of my first jobs ever was working in an archery shop. Uh, that's not true. I, I actually had like a bag, a job bagging groceries and I think I did a little hardy stint for a little bit, but not counting that once I kind of got into real jobs. Um, I worked in an archery shop in Gainesville, Florida. Um, I worked for bear archery, pretty awesome since Fred bear was uh, one of my man, you know, heroes as a kid. And then I got offered a job while I was working at Bear Archery, managing an archery shop in Fort Collins, Colorado. So I went up there and started managing managing an archery shop. And that was like early 20s. I, I was in my early 20s. I'm not that old. It wasn't like 1920s. Um, and then from the archery shop, I got a job at Dart International. And it was kind of a cool story. Jay Dart walked in there and into the archery shop I was managing and wanted to set up an interactive target system. Uh, Some people have probably seen that. Life-size animals walk across the screen. And it's just super cool. It looks so real because it is real. I mean, it was videos of elk and bear and deer and bighorn sheep and all these different animals. And you would shoot your arrow at it that was outfitted with a special blunt, a little tip that would hit the screen, and the same second or millisecond, I should say, that your arrow would hit the screen, it would freeze the frame of video, and an overlay graphic would come up showing where your arrow hit, and then an overlay would come up showing where the kill zone on the animal was. So, pretty sweet job. I got to install dart systems, started out as an installer, got to install dart systems all over the country, and and really all over the world, went to Mexico and Africa and all these different crazy places installing dart systems, so it was a really cool job. From there... I started outfitting, and it was kind of a natural. I mean, I was running a trap line in Colorado. I knew a bunch of different uh, ranchers because of trapping. And uh, as I would travel around uh, with some of my buddies uh, installing these dart systems, guys would always go, oh, my gosh, you live in Colorado. Do you know where I can shoot an antelope or where I can shoot a deer or where I can shoot an elk? And I had all these different ranches and places that I was trapping on. I had buddies at new ranchers. So I started taking guys out hunting, got an outfitting business, um, and it's been pretty crazy. From the outfitting business, I actually ended up getting an offer to do, and this is kind of funny how things happen, but to be the host of Easton, Easton Bow Hunting. 
So I worked with Easton, but shooting Easton arrows, shot my very first deer with an Easton arrow and a muzzy broadhead. But I was the host for Easton bow hunting for, I think, uh, good gosh, it had to be like 15, maybe close to 20 years. It was a really long time that I did Easton bow hunting. Uh, And then I started doing a Predator Nation TV show, still running the outfitting business, but I was also, you know, doing the bow hunting thing and doing the Predator Nation TV show. Then I got asked to co-host Ford Outfitters, which was another really cool show I was a part of. Got to work with guys from Ford trucks, and and it was just fun. Good time. Did that with uh, Conway, and uh, he was the fishing. Conway was the boat fishing, or not boat fishing, but the fishing host, uh, other side of that show, which was fun. Well, eventually I decided, we, we decided let's put these shows together because our lives are a little crazy. So we took Easton Bow Hunting and Predator Nation and we turned them into one show called Everything Eichler. And that is about pretty much everything we do. So if you check out the Sportsman's Channel or you can go to MOTV, which is my outdoor TV, and check out old episodes or new episodes because we do a little bit of everything. Uh, we farm. We have a commercial hay operation. Uh, I have an outfitting business. Uh, we still take about 180 people a year for a little bit of everything. Whitetail, mule deer, antelope, black bear, elk mountain lion turkey so we do a little bit of everything when it comes to that which is fun we have all these crazy adventures with clients crazy adventures ourselves hunting and as far as me i'm an avid bow hunter i'm an avid predator hunter i'm an avid waterfowler frog i love shooting frogs i I guess i should say really i'm pretty much a fan of anything that's in season it doesn't matter what it is if i can shoot at it and eat it and be out there in the field enjoying myself it it doesn't matter whether i have an air rifle it doesn't matter if i've got a recurve bow a long bow uh you know compound bow a a 22 pistol or you know or or a rifle i'm just having fun out in the field so that's going to be kind of what this is about but we're going to cover a lot of different topics but to give you some more information or background on me, um, I grew up hunting and fishing with a dad that loved to hunt and fish, and I'm passing on that tradition. I'm married to uh, Michelle. Last name is now Eichler, but it used to be Masakia. And some people know my wife because she or her dad actually started Muzzy Broadheads. That's a name a lot of bow hunters uh, can recognize. Uh, and really cool, I met her dad before I met her. And Michelle actually walked into one of the little archery shops I was working at with her dad one time. And I'll be honest, I was like, oh, pretty good looking lady. And man, wouldn't that be cool if I got uh, free broadheads for the rest of my life? <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. That didn't have anything to do with it. Maybe a little, but it was a small portion of it. I teased her one time and I said, well, I just married you so I could get free broadheads. And she started laughing. She goes, oh, that's okay. I just married you because you're an outfitter and I get to go on free hunts. And I started... I started adding that up, and I'm like, I maybe go through $500 in broadheads a year, but she goes through about seventy dollars to $80,000 in guided mountain lion, elk, mule, deer, white-tailed deer, bear, everything. So, you know, in my eyes, she kind of won out. In her eyes, I won out. That's, that, that's an ongoing discussion in our, in our marriage. Um, we're currently raising three boys, which is awesome, Jeb, Seth, and Trent. And they help out with everything. They help out with the outfitting business. They help out with the farming. They help out with the cattle. Um, Literally, 
the the boys have been such an integral part of everything we're doing, and they're so different. Uh, Jeb, the oldest, is like the super cerebral, like you know, he's also like great at farming. Um, he's really good with the cattle. And surprisingly enough, even though I'm terrible at it, he's actually become a pretty good mechanic. Um, you know, when you're farming and working on stuff, there's a lot of times you have to fix stuff. And uh, we kind of rely on Jeb. Jeb's the guy that, uh, you know, starts to, starts to put stuff back together. My attitude with it has always been, if a hammer won't fix it, then it's probably an electrical problem. Um, Seth, um, he's the middle son and he's, uh, he's the jock. Uh, you know, plays baseball. Um, he's got a scholarship. He's uh, pitching. He's in his third year pitching. Um, he's pitching up in Nyack College uh, this last year up in New York. So it's a long way from home, but he loves baseball, so he's having fun doing that. And then, of course, uh, when he's home, he's helping out with the haying operation or the cattle. Um, he's actually running water today, working on irrigation. So, uh, But he's also a great guy, just like Jeb is. Trent is the youngest, and he is just wide open. He's uh, just turned 14, and he helps with a little bit of everything. Uh, probably tough being the younger brother because uh, the older brothers beat him up quite a bit. But the fun thing is all three boys are avid shooters. They're avid fishermen. They're avid hunters. Um, they all gravitate to different weapons, which is kind of cool. Uh, they all started out with Benjamins because that's what I started out with like you know a crossman I started out with the old crossman 760 the pump where you were only supposed to pump it up 10 times and every kid that I knew would pump it up to like 20 or 25 as many times as you could because you thought that you would maybe get a little faster pellet or BB out of there but uh, you know the kids all started that way and then they kind of gravitated and went their own ways they all you know I started them all with traditional stuff you know recurves and longbows after the air rifles and then it was 22 pistols 410s 20 gauge um pistols you name it but now it's interesting watching them as they all kind of go "Ooh, this is my favorite or i like this or i i tend to go to this weapon and uh seth is probably the most passionate about waterfowl but he loves it all jeb really enjoys the waterfowl but he also kind of loves it all trent Man, it, it would be tough to pin him down on one, but he likes to shoot everything. He's a great shotgun shot, loves shooting pistols, um, but they all enjoy a little bit of everything. Raising kids today, I think it's kind of tough. Uh, we're fortunate. We kind of live out in the country. Um, we're about 35 minutes from the closest gas station, uh, so we're kind of out in the mountains a little bit. But uh, the cool thing is uh, one of the things we did early on is we cut the kids off TV and video games Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. I thought that was super important. Uh, trying to compete um, with some of the technology today and some of the things that are out there, we just saw that our kids were a little too involved with that stuff. Not so much Seth, but more Jeb and Trent. But we just said, hey, you know what? Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, no video games, no TV. You know, you guys can do anything you want. Go ride a horse, hop on a four-wheeler, shoot your bow, shoot your air rifle, you know, shoot a 22. It doesn't bother us, whatever you want to do. But getting them away from the TV and the video games, I think, really helped us out as far as helping them get a passion for, for doing stuff outdoors. Um, other things on this podcast is as we go through the year and, and hopefully multiple years, um, I get a lot of requests on things like calling predators. Uh, I've shot predators all over the country. I love calling predators. It started out, uh, well, it started out as fun, of course, like anything. 
And then it got into something that, that I really didn't see coming. But, you know, as we got more and more cattle, it became an important part of managing uh, the predators just to keep them from eating our calves. So, you know, managing bears and mountain lions and coyotes and things like that not only helps us out with, you know, our chickens not getting killed all the time or, or losing calves to coyotes, but it also helped out in our hunting operation because we saw we saw a difference. We saw more white-tailed deer. We saw more antelope. We saw more baby elk. So, you know, we try and manage predators, but we also love doing it. Um, I also get a lot of requests on, you know, hey, Fred, you guys – you guys take a bunch of elk hunters, you know, give us some tips on calling elk or, 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 you know, or turkeys or using decoys. So, you know, we're going to talk about that on this podcast. Um, other things, you know, I've been really fortunate and I, I bet everybody's like this. How many times do you have a piece of equipment? It doesn't matter whether it's boots or clothing or even a toothbrush, whatever. And you're like, oh, I wish it was like this instead of this. I wish it was tweaked a little bit. I wish I wish this toothbrush was curved so I could get back to that goofy snaggle tooth I have in the back. You know, just something that, you know, things that were just a little tweaked differently. Um, it drives me nuts. And I have a, even though I have some engineers that are buddies, I'll I tell you, engineers, I, I just have an issue with engineers I, because I'm pretty convinced that most engineers that design stuff have no idea what they're doing. How many, I've got a truck, I can lift up the hood of my truck right now, and I could not tell you any, I I couldn't tell you where a solenoid was, I couldn't tell you where, I mean, it's just, it's a mess, and they've designed it that way, I think, so you can't work on it, or if it's something super simple that you should be able to fix yourself, you have to take it into a deal, it drives me crazy, I think trucks are like that, and tractors are like that, and, and even other things, I mean, whether it's, you know, products for the outdoors, it drives me wacko. If you're an engineer, you should have to use the equipment that you're designing. If you're going to design a tractor, you should have to sit in a tractor for a year before you even think about trying to design one. Same thing with a truck. I mean, how many engineers are designing trucks out there that have never put one in a four-wheel drive? Sorry, I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent here, which I do a lot. Squirrel. <laughs> but, like, it just drives me wacko. So, one of the things that I was very fortunate is I'm kind of vocal, and, and when I would meet guys in the hunting industry when they would come out hunting with me, you know, I would make comments on stuff like, oh, Fred, I see you're wearing our boots, or, you know, or, hey, you know, I work with a company that, uh, you know, makes that makes that bow or that firearm. You know, What do you think of it? Man, I was honest. <laughs> well, it's okay, but I wish it would do this or do that. So I've been super fortunate in the fact that I've been able to share some product ideas and have helped develop and and basically have some say in designing some products so it's kind of a dream deal like you know i love using products in the field and i'm able to tweak some of them now don't get me wrong obviously there's a good jillion engineers and and people in product development that are way way smarter than me and some products are absolutely amazing um loophole for example i met like you know an, an exception to the rule tim lesser um, and although I don't think he's an engineer, he's like vice president uh, over there at Loophold of, uh, you know, product development. But here's a guy that he, he's a friend of mine and he's a he was a guide. He was in the trenches. Tim was, you know, guiding hunters in the field and saw a need for, you know, man, a tougher scopes, tougher rings, tougher this, tougher that, you know, just things that, that made sense in the field. And, and Tim's had a lot of input in Loophold. And like, you know, I think he had a lot to do with the CDS, the custom dial system. Because even if it's a 300 or 400 yard shot at a coyote or a deer and an elk, telling a guy, okay, you're going to need to uh, hold six inches high. 
oh my gosh, trying to get a guy to guess what six inches high is at 400 yards. Some guys think that's two feet. Some guys think that's an inch. So with the CDS, you're able to dial it in. So, you know, there's there's a lot of companies that have some really great guys there. But like anything, it's a culmination of multiple people coming up with great ideas. Um, and I've been fortunate, like Hoyt. I've got a signature bow with Hoyt that I was able to work with the engineers over there and go, hey, guys, I know you're shooters. I know you're hunters. But, you know, here's my idea on a recurve that I think would be really cool. Or if you could tweak this or tweak that. So, you know, I've got a signature bow with Hoyt that I'm pretty proud I got to work on. I've got a signature rifle with the guys from Rock River. Um, those guys are ridiculous. Gun designers are great at it. But when I came to him, it was like, well, I think we should tweak this. Or, man, I'd really like to have something, you know, on a 223, you know, that's going to kind of port, you know, like a port break that's going to, you know, push the barrel down and forward and kind of, you know, I'm, I'm trying to negate recoil. And, you know, at first they kind of tease me. They're like, you're not you're not tough enough to handle recoil from a 223. I'm like, oh, I just want to be able to faster target acquisition. I want to be able to multiple shots. I want to keep that coyote in my scope as I'm shooting so I can make adjustments on the fly. And even just a little bit of recoil takes me out of the scope. So, you know, they helped help me and, and we worked on a on a signature Rock River Arms Predator rifle that is awesome and uh, looks pretty cool. We, you know, got coyote tracks, you know, going. It's just a neat looking deal. Um, Western Rivers, you know, again, they're, you know, calling Predators, I'm an avid predator hunter. It doesn't matter whether it's swift fox, red fox, gray fox, wolves, coyotes, badgers. I like calling everything in. And I've messed with every call out there. And some of the sounds, I'm like, man, I can tell that's not really an animal in distress. That's a guy trying to sound like an animal in distress. And a lot of calls are like that out there. So I went out and worked on recording a lot of my own sounds. So I've got a signature call with Western Rivers that we're working on that I'm pretty excited about that. So, you know, we're going to talk about all those. But over the course of these podcasts, I get to hunt and hang out with guys all across the industry, uh, which is awesome. I love meeting these guys, hearing about how they got into the industry, hearing how they got their job. I ask them serious questions about, you know, problems, you know, that maybe some of the products have had, the company. I also ask them, how do you, how do I get a job there? You know, let's say there's somebody listening that wants to get a job with this company, whether it's Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's or Loopold or, you know, I sat down with one of the guys the other day from Caldwell or Tipton or, you know what I mean, American Outdoor Brands that has a huge umbrella of a bunch of different companies or Muzzy Broadheads. How do I get a job? in that in that industry or at at that plant or at that company so i ask these guys about a lot of information about that so i hope i hope there'll be somebody listening that can garner some information from from that as well um and if you have any questions if in the future there are podcast ideas that you have things that you go man i'd love to hear about this or get more information please holler because i'm going to have some pretty cool guests on and we're going to break down some neat information so Again, if you hop on any of my social media platforms, leave me some information. Tell me, man, I'd really like to hear about uh, maybe all 29 species you took with a recurve. Or, you know, I want to hear about the toughest thing about guiding. Or how would you get into, you know, what's what's the, what's the most important thing I need to know if I'm going on an elk hunt. So we're going to break down a lot of different stuff. Um, you can check out on social platforms our website at fredeichler.com. We've got Instagram. We've got Facebook. 
We also have YouTube and Twitter, but YouTube will give you a great idea of what's going on. Or if you follow our Instagram or Facebook page, it'll give you a pretty good idea of what our day-to-day crazy lifestyle is. But hey, I'm Fred Eichler. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoy the podcast that we have in the future. And good luck hunting, fishing, or doing whatever you're out there doing in the outdoors.